0: The Bible says um, to him who has been forgiven much that he loves much. (laughs) To him who has been forgiven little, he loves little. But you know the good thing about that? The Bible says even our good deeds are like filthy rags in the eyes of God. So let me explain to you. Even those of us who may not have felt like we have been great sinners, even if you had have lived the best life ever, that from our standards a person could live I want you to know even that was still a wretch in the eyes of God so we have all been forgiven much and the the more you understand just exactly what you have been forgiven for the more you understand just exactly what our Lord and Savior has done for us the more love will just begin to come naturally from your heart it's not a process that I believe happens overnight I don't believe you get saved today and tomorrow You give your biggest praise I don't believe you get saved today and tomorrow You are are closer to God than you will ever be No, I believe it's a growing process And I believe that every day The more God begins to reveal His standard of goodness to you The more you begin to see just how wretched you really are And then only then can you begin to truly understand grace. Only then, and, and only then, can you begin to understand just how amazing grace is. And that's my prayer for you this morning, is that every day you begin to see a little more and more. That's not what I come to talk to you about this morning. Turn to the book of Acts chapter 10. I'll <coughs> we'll try to do a little teaching this morning. Something I believe is very important for us as Christians to uh, have an understanding of. Acts chapter 10, I would like to begin in verse 34. Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 34. We stand to give reverence to this powerful and living Word of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. If you're there, say, Amen. If you ain't there, say, Hold on. Here we go. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. The King James Version there says, In truth, I perceive That God is no respecter of persons. That's going to be a more important translation for you to understand than necessarily the word that says partiality. Yes, this is a good translation. However, I truly believe that the King James Version is a better translation when it says, in truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. That's going to be important to understand this morning. He goes on in verse 35, he says, But in every nation, check this out, God is no respecter of persons. God shows no partiality, but, there's a but here, but even though he may not show partiality, even though he is not a respecter of persons, in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is what? Accepted by him you can be seated this morning whoever fears him and whoever works righteousness is accepted by God he is no respecter of persons he does not show partiality he does not show favoritism over one of his children any more than he does the other but there's going to be an important lesson that I need you to learn out of this. You know, it's funny. I've been, uh, I've been trying to dabble in a little series of our ways and God's ways over the last several months. Or over the last month or so. And um, I, I begin to think about just how partial we are. I begin to think about just how favoritism we are. I mean, we even do it in the midst of our own families. Anybody ever heard of middle child syndrome? What is middle child syndrome? Middle child gets nothing. nothing. You sound like you know. Middle child gets nothing. Why are you looking at Maggie Lee over here? Is she in that? You know, that's the truth. I mean, you think about, no, it's not the truth that the middle child don't get nothing. Don't put words in my mouth. But it is true this. Even parents whether they realize it or not, are prone from time to time to show some partiality. They are. You may want to sit here and say, No, I'm the greatest parent that's ever lived, and I don't do that. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to say you do. I'm not going to say you don't. But I am going to tell you that I can show you perfect examples to where some of the godliest men I've ever known in my life were partial to some of their children more than they were other of their children. I can show you where some of their brothers actually... um, That middle child actually began to sell the other one, throw him in a pit, and send him off to Egypt. Now, Maggie, I'm not giving you no ideas, okay? All I'm saying is that I have seen it happen all throughout examples in the Old Testament where people have been, even parents in their own family of their own children, loving parents, whether they realize it or not, there are times when if they're not careful, they begin to show partiality. They begin to show a little favoritism toward one. Maybe one of them is very good at basketball, and they can't wait to go and watch every one of their games. But then maybe they got one that's just a little on the clumsy side. They, 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 they're not very good at basketball. They don't play very good. And they'll go to their games, but you know they're not as excited in this game as they are their other child's game. And they may not really realize even what they're doing. Maybe there's times whenever um, a parent thinks that this one is just just a, a better child all the way around. She acts better. She does better. And maybe she puts a little bit more. Make quit shaking your head. This lesson ain't for you, girl. <laughs> there are times when even in our own family as parents. How many of your parents love your children? How many of your parents would give you life for your children? That's love right there, ain't it? It is. But even you, as much as you love your children, even you are prone from time to time to show partiality. Even you are prone to show favoritism. Even you are prone to even maybe even hang out with one a little more often than you do the other. Not meaning to show any more love toward this. And you don't love this one any more than you love this one. You'd give your life for all of them. But there are times when you begin to show partiality. If that's the case with parents and children, Do you not think it's absolutely going to be the case from time to time among brothers and sisters in this building? People that we are brothers and sisters because of the blood of Christ, not because of Mama and Daddy's blood. So it's really in physical terms of of the way we understand family, it's really not even your family in physical terms. In spiritual terms, if you are mature enough to understand exactly who these people are to you and you understand that they are your real family, but even still, if it happens in the midst of parent and child relationship, you can rest assured that from time to time it's going to happen in relationships within us as well. It is. I want to talk to you about this morning about just what I believe, this is my belief, of what God means when he says that he is no respecter of Persons. Now everywhere you see in the New King James Version of God does not show partiality, in the King James it actually says respecter of persons. Everywhere you see it in the NIV or whatever other version you use, that it, I think some of your versions will say God does not show favoritism. Then also in the King James Version, it will say God is no respecter of persons. I want you to concentrate on what the King James Version would say this morning of God is no respecter of persons. Let's look at Job 34. (coughs) Ding, ding, ding. Got a bell back. Job 34. I told you we ain't no professionals, but we like to have some fun in here. I hope that's okay with y'all. Bible tells me in the book of Proverbs that laughter is encouragement for the soul. Job 34 beginning I'm I'm going to cover several scriptures to be able to get my point across this morning so it'll be up here on well I say what well, it'll be up here if you can't get flipped to it in time but again I want to encourage you use your Bible. This resource is not a replacement for what for, for what you have in your hand. It is a resource for if maybe I need to get there and, and, and read on it, but you can get some good practice at trying to keep up with me. But if you can't keep up with me, take your eyes off of it, look right up here. But do your best to flip, try to find this thing on your own. It's going to give you practice of finding these books in the Bible. Job 34, beginning of verse 17. This is what it reads. Should one who hates justice govern? That's a good question, ain't it? Should one who hates justice govern? No. Will you condemn him who is most just? Will you condemn the innocent? It don't make no sense, does it? But look what he says. Is it fitting to say to a king that you are worthless? Or is it fitting to say to nobles That you are wicked. Yet, in verse 19, Yet he is not partial to princes, nor does he regard the rich more than the poor. For they are all the work of his hands. That's important right there. He goes on in verse 20. In a moment they die. In the middle of the night, the people are shaken and passing away. The mighty are taken away without a hand. But look at verse 21. For his eyes are on the ways of a man, and he shall see all his steps. The Bible says that God is not partial in his dealing with people because they are either a king or a prince. He can look at a king and tell him that he is wicked if he is wicked, He can look at a prince and tell him that he is noble if he is noble. He can look at someone who sits in the ashes and he can tell them that they are worth something even though to us they may be worthless. God is not partial when it comes to a person's person. What I mean by person is this. I believe he's talking about what kind of clothes they wear. He is not partial to a person because they are a king or because they are a servant. He doesn't think any more of the prince any less than he does the slave. He is not partial when it comes to any of our statuses, whether it be job status. He he is not partial whether it be our money status. He is not partial whether it be our clothes status. He is not partial of anything that is our person. However, in verse 21, he said, His eyes are on the ways of a man. What he does see and what he is partial to, yes, God does show partiality and God does show favoritism in certain things. But it is not based on your person. It's based on your ways. It's based on whether you work righteousness and whether you fear him. Then he begins to either bless or curse. Then he begins to either spend more time with you or less time with you. All right, so the first thing he don't care if you're in a position of power. He don't care if you sit in the ashes. He watches and he judges his acceptance on the way of a man. Deuteronomy one verse sixteen and seventeen. Deuteronomy one sixteen 16 to 17. Then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your brethren, and judge righteously between a man and his brother, or the stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. He does not respect a person. He does not judge them based on whether they are small or great. He says here that he does not show partiality in judgment because of the strength of any man's presence. You know, there have been people, I'm sure, you ever, you ever been pulled over by the police? Oh, man, you're trying to find your wallet and you're shaking and you, you get your wallet out and you drop it in the floorboard. Yeah, you're trying to get your seatbelt and you hook it through the steering wheel. I mean, it, it's, you, you just you, you got a little fear in you. You're worried about this, this judgment that's fixing to come to you. God says, I don't judge a man based on his... Authority that you think he has I don't show partiality based on Whether he brings fear to you or not Because God says I fear no man (laughs) I fear no man There is no strength I, I, I love the prayer of Hannah in the book of 1 Samuel Where she said even the bows of the mighty men Are broken into pieces She said even the weak he makes strong And even the strong, he brings to nothing. He does not show partiality based on what kind of power. If the mayor of of Pulaski were to walk in the building today, he has some authority in Pulaski, Tennessee. But in this building, as far as in the sight of God, there is no authority that he carries that God will show any respect to. He is not a respecter of position. The pastor of Wells Baptist Church may walk up here and command something of you. But just because he is the pastor of Wells Baptist Church, God does not mean that he is any more partial to him because of any authority he may think he has. God is not partial because of your position or because you are small or great. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. I'm going to go through these a little quicker. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. For the Lord your God is a God of gods, and He is a Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, And he loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. He shows no partiality, nor does he take a bribe. He does not care how much money you have to offer him. There is no possession that you can possess that will influence how he deals with you. There is no possession that you can have that will influence whether he accepts you as a child or not. It isn't about money. It isn't about possessions. It's about the ways of a man as to whether or not he accepts you. He don't care if you have a father or not. He don't care who your daddy was. Your daddy could have been George Bush or Bill Clinton. He don't, your, your daddy could have, could be Osama Obama. What's his name? Obama. Uh, President Obama. I forgot the president's name. Lord help me. His nine- <laughs> Boy, I about messed up, didn't I? I hope they ain't got the cameras on in here. Your daddy could have been Obama, for all I care and for all God cares. He don't care if your daddy was the greatest that ever walked, and he don't care if you ain't got a daddy. He says, I will be a father to the fatherless. I will accept him whether he has a father or whether he does not. He says here that I will accept the widow. I will be a husband to the widow. I will accept her whether she has a husband or whether she does not have a husband. It makes no difference to me. I am not partial to whether she has a husband or not. He said, I judge the same and I accept the same whether they are married or whether they are a child with the father, or whether they're widowed and they're fatherless. Look at Second uh, Chronicles 19. I'm fixing to get here in a minute about what respecter of persons does not mean. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verses 5 through 7. It says, Then he set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Take heed to what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Now therefore, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality, no taking of bribes he also reminded his judges that he had set up that judge his people on his behalf he says you got to make sure that you do not show respect for persons in other words today in this day of time because god has made us a holy priesthood because he has made us members of one another he has also told us to help judge one another now not judging by the way that you're thinking he told us to help one another by righteous judgment, by being able to look at Nick Davis's life in order to be able to see this is not something, once I've got all the things out of my eye, let me say that first, I ought to be able to help by looking at Nick and saying, Nick, I see something here that we could work on. And let me lovingly help you work on this right here. He don't look and say, well, because, um, because Ricky Lee works at Coke because he's got some influence out in the town I'm gonna try to get in there close with Ricky and try to I'm gonna point out Nick Davis's flaws because he's just an old old little 20 year old that's just uh, trying to find his place in the world and he don't really even know nobody so I'm just gonna let him sit over here and dabble in his stuff but Ricky he's a he's a little bit of a somebody I'm gonna get up there close to him and I'm gonna help him work through his stuff God says no you do not show that type of partiality. You do not respect a person because of their person, because of who they are, because of where they work, because of what they do. You treat all people equal. Alright, I'm going to go through just a few more. Look at Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. My main point that I'm trying to prove to you about what respecter of persons is, it is a respecter of what kind of status they are. That's what persons is. Job status, money status. It's who the world views them as because of what they have, because of who they are. So Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it says, But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one how according to his deeds that's how God judges that's how he shows partiality or not he gives to each one according to his deeds verse 7 eternal life to those who patient who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory honor and immortality so that right there he's not partial by giving me, eternal life, and giving Joe out here hell. He's not partial. He has given his favor to me because I have chose to follow after him. He has given hell to Joe out here because Joe refused him. He was not partial to me. He would have accepted Joe the same way he would have accepted me. However, because of my deeds... Because my faith that had works to back it up. Faith without works is dead faith. So he renders to each one according to their deeds. Not because they worked to earn it. It was because of their faith. However the works was a result of the faith. Don't let me confuse you. But he does render to each one according to our deeds. And he gives eternal life to those who by continuing and doing good. Seek for the glory and honor and immortality. In verse 8 but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Makes no difference to him. But glory, honor and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God, for with God there is no respect of Person, Jew or Greek, he don't care. Black or white, he don't care. Makes no difference to him. He don't see like you see. He don't look down at Ricky and see a white man. He looks down at Ricky and he either sees the blood of Jesus or he don't. That's it. He don't even see the skin. It's not even what he's looking at. He don't see whether or not you um, are a banker. He don't see whether or not you, are, uh, you have been doing great things in your community for the, for the good of mankind. What he sees is whether you have been obedient to him, whether you have followed him or not. That's what he sees. All right. Now I want to look at a couple of things. I've got several more I could bring up, but you get the point. Now what I want to look at is what respect of persons does not mean. Here's what it does mean that God will not judge or accept you based on who you are as your status. But what it does not mean, it does not mean that God may not draw closer to me than He will you because of my obedience to Him. It does not mean that He may not bless me with more than He does you because of my obedience to Him. I want to prove this to you. Look at um, Numbers chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. I have two examples I want to give you, and I'm done. Numbers chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Remember, God judges according to obedience, not according to whether or not you are of high status in this world or not. Numbers chapter 12 beginning in verse 3 Most of you should know this story Moses has just done something that his brother and sister don't agree with Miriam and Aaron They don't agree with something that Moses has done And they have spoken evil against Moses And verse 3 is where we pick up The Lord heard it Now the man Moses was very humble more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Boy, ain't that a testimony right there? The man, Moses, the man. That's all he said. He didn't say the prophet. He didn't say the, the great man, Moses. Just the man. No difference in me. No difference in you. The man, Moses, was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to be in the midst of this party right here. I mean, this is even worse than being called to the principal's office. Come out, you three. Ugh, here I come, Lord. So we come out. So the three came out in verse 5. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. <laughs> He done called all three of them out, but now he's told Ari and Miriam, okay, you two step up to the pulpit. You two step up to the judges' stand. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him how? Face to face, I speak with him. Even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of God. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? <laughs> Would you argue with me to say that God did not was a little closer to Moses than he was with other prophets? Would you say that God showed a little more favor to Moses than he did over other prophets? Would you say it was because God respected his person? No. But God drew close to Moses because the Bible said there that Moses was faithful in all of his house. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter four, verse eight. I'm going off memory, Tim. Tim, if you want to throw that up, I think it's James four eight. Before I say it, that's it. Draw near to God, and what will He do? He will draw near to you, not because you're a banker. Not because you are of high status. Not because you're a mayor. Not because you're a lawyer. Not because you're poor. Not because of any of your person. He will draw near to you because you drew near to Him. The Bible said that Moses was the most humble man on all the face of the earth. That was a quality that God respected. Not the person of Moses. He respected that Moses was humble. And therefore, because Moses was humble and because Moses was faithful to God, because Moses drew near to him, God drew near to Moses. What am I trying to tell you this morning? I'm trying to tell you that even if you're not a pastor, even if you never stand on this stage and sing a song, even if you never stand up in front of this crowd and speak a word, if all you ever do is come in and sit in your pew and give God your whole heart and draw close to Him with everything you can, I'm telling you that you too can have the favor of God in this place like none other. Not because of your person, but because of your qualities in Him. Because of your faithfulness. Moses had a face-to-face relationship with God. Boy, wouldn't that be something? How many times have you looked up to God, Ronnie, and said, God, I need you to be just a little more clear. I think I understand what you say. Lord, I done walked down this road, and I thought you told me this was the way to go, but now things are looking a little dim. I'm just not sure. I need you to be a little more clear. Moses didn't have that kind of relationship. Lord, I ain't got that kind of relationship for sure. But I'm telling you right now, Moses had a face-to-face relationship with God, and it was simply because Moses was humble and because he was faithful, because he drew near to God and God drew near to him not because of his person so respect to persons does not mean that God will not show more attention to or give greater blessings to someone because of their faithfulness in him my second example and I'm done comes from John chapter 19 this is one of my favorite things in the Bible some people may would disagree with me on this but um, I'm preaching this morning not you
1: John chapter 19.
0: Forgive me, Lord, I didn't mean that. John chapter 19, verses 26. I'm sorry, maybe it ain't John 19. You know what? Let's go to John 21. John 21, starting in verse... Let's start in verse... um 17 John 21 verse 17 He said to him the third time Simon son of Jonah Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time Do you love me? And he said to him Lord you know all things And you know that I love you Jesus said to him Feed my sheep Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me, and look what Peter does. Remember, Jesus has just told Peter, This is the kind of death that you're going to die. I imagine this stirred something up in Peter. Wouldn't you think so? But look what Peter does. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's important right there. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. (laughs) And he said to him, uh, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. There are several places in the the Gospel of John. This is my my closing point. There are several places in the book of John where John is actually referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, do you think that Jesus walked around and looked at John in front of his disciples and said, Hey, disciple whom I love, you and Peter, come over here. Do you think that's what happened? Jesus didn't walk around calling this disciple the disciple whom I love. But somewhere along the way, think about this. John is sitting at the Lord's supper table and he's leaned up against Jesus' breast. He's the one sitting beside of Jesus. He's leaned up against him. And Jesus is talking about, one of y'all is going to betray me. And they look at John, the one who's leaned against Jesus' breast, and they say, John, ask him who it is. Why do you think they didn't ask him? They believed that John, that Jesus loved John more than John loved They believe that Jesus loved John more than Jesus loved them. Therefore, I believe the reason John writes this gospel and calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, it is my opinion and my belief that John actually gained the nickname from the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loves. Jesus shows him favoritism. Jesus is loving more to him than he is to us. And I want to say this. I believe that Jesus probably was a little closer to John than he was the others. Not because John was a greater person than they were. Not because John was um, a better job status than the other fishermen. Not because John was um, a rich man or a poor man. But I believe that John portrayed qualities that drew close to Jesus so Jesus drew close to him. I believe that John was, had become and was learning to be more humble than the rest of them. Now I know that John also had the nickname the son of thunder. He also was one that probably made a lot of noise. But I believe somewhere along the way he began to grow up a little bit more than the others. And Jesus began to draw a little bit more closer to him. I don't believe that Jesus actually loved him more than he did the other ones. But I do believe that Jesus probably spent more time with John than he did the others. Therefore it earned him the nickname, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now how many of you know that there are naturally going to be people that are close to you that are going to have the same qualities that you have? You are naturally going to spend more time with this person than you will this person. You and this person may have absolutely nothing in common. Does that mean you have to treat them any different? No. You are going to have people that you are going to spend more time with. The ones that draw close to you or you draw close to them, naturally you are going to become closer to each other. But But what Jesus is trying to teach us is this. You do not have respect of person. You do not accept or deny someone based on whether they're rich or poor. You do not accept or deny someone based on whether they are the mayor or whether they uh, uh, are the garbage man. It don't matter. God says you do not judge someone based on their outward appearance, based on what they look like or what they do. You simply accept them because I have accepted you. It's that simple. Yes, there are still going to be more people that you are drawn a little closer to than others, but you do not mistreat the other ones because of this. John was also the disciple that when Jesus was on the cross, he looked down, and the Bible tells us in John 19 something that, that Jesus looked down and saw the disciple whom he loved. That's the words from the Bible. John, Jesus looked down, saw the disciple whom he loved standing next to his mother. And he looks at the disciple whom he loved and he said, John, behold, this is your mother. And he looked at Mary and he says, Mary, behold, this is your son. In other words, Jesus entrusted the care of his mother with this gentleman because he trusted him. I believe that this is the same way that God is with us today. God either accepts us and he gives us more responsibility and he shows us more favor. He either draws closer to us because of our obedience and our faithfulness and that alone. It does not mean that God respects who you are any greater than anyone else. But he does respect your obedience. He does respect your faithfulness. God is no respecter of person. Quotation marks. I think it's how we do it, right? God is no respecter of person. Therefore, He does not look at your status and decide. He don't care if you're wearing Tommy Hilfiger or not. He don't care. Oh, that's old. What's in now? What? Do we, Abercrombie, is that what's in now? He don't care if you're wearing that Aber stuff. He don't care. The only thing He cares about is whether or not you are obedient. Whether or not you are faithful therefore he tells each and every one of us no matter what kind of clothes your neighbor has on if a rich man comes in, in in your building and you show him and you tell him come up here and sit in the good seat you know i hear people tell me and i know it's just a, a immaturity thing but I, I hear people tell me all the time from other churches um well the reason first baptist can do what they do is because they got some heavy hitters they told me that. Really, I'm serious. I've heard that so, from so many different people of different churches. They'll say, "Well, they got heavy hitters," and what they mean by that is they've got people in there that can give money. I'm gonna tell you what: God will provide us with all the money we need. You can. I, I have seen it with my own eyes.